Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Beloved, let me just say this. The blood of Jesus cannot save you if you trample over it. I'm talking to born-again followers of Jesus Christ. Who keeps finding themselves justifying sin that they ain't got no business participating in. Listen, beloved, where can I start off with? Uh Uh-huh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot Partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. No. Listen, Ephesians 4.27 tells us to give no opportunity to the devil. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, we are exhorted to abstain from every form of evil. Amen. So, how is it that you keep claiming that the blood of Jesus covers you, that God's grace is so amazing that our salvation is a free gift? We didn't earn it. There's nothing we could have done to get it. And you are right. But you can't keep using this as a license to stay in willful, habitual sin. And not only that, you tell others that it is okay for you to live a life of disobedience because we are under God's grace. Beloved, we got to talk about this today because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can empower us to live 
the holy life we have been called to live. The testimony of the holy scriptures is unanimous on this, beloved. We must put away all sin. The Holy Spirit gives us power to overcome sin. Listen, Romans 8.13, right? If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Because listen, when we first come to faith, we are deeply changed. Why? Because of repentance. We are born again. We receive a new life. However, that does not mean that we are sinless, that we have reached sinless perfection from that moment on. Listen, our old sinful self called the body, it is still present. We are still inclined to sin. This flesh wants nothing more than to indulge in every activity that is contrary to the word of God. Although we are in these bodies, whenever the temptation comes to sin, what does the Bible tell us? Well, over here in James 4, 7, we are to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, like I said, and I may be repeating this throughout the podcast, the blood of Jesus can't save you if you trample over it. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes, because <clears throat> the question is always out there. So, you mean to tell me that no one who is in Christ sins? <sighs> Beloved, I believe I'm going to be all over the place with this one today. Because we're not talking about sinless perfection. But what we are talking about is striving, like Jesus says, to enter through the narrow door. That means we crucify, crucify, crucify the flesh on a daily basis. Because Jesus says that in order to be his disciples, disciple, we must crucify the flesh. We must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. So, yeah, we may be still inclined to sin because the devil, you do know we have an adversary, right? An enemy. Uh-huh. He will keep on giving us many opportunities to sin. But guess what, though? We are not helpless in this 
struggle, if you will, because yes, some are still struggling with sin. But guess what? We have been given help. You're not in this alone. Holy Spirit was sent to sanctify us, to set us apart unto God for His service, for His purpose. Listen. If the Spirit dwells in us, He enables us to put to death the deeds of the body. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Amen. That's Romans 6, 6. We should not use our bodies to commit sin, but as instruments for righteousness. Amen. We see this in Romans 6.13. Because, listen, beloved, okay. The process, the process of dying to sin more and more is called sanctification. It is an ongoing process worked out by the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you before you believed, but you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified set apart for God and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. Amen. So, like I said, listen... I may be all over the place with this one because there are so many scriptures that teaches us that we must be holy, that we must put away all sin, that we have absolutely nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. This is why we must study the whole counsel of God because as long as we have false teachers and backsliding Christians and outright false converts who are filled with doctrines of devils and seducing spirits to pull you from the teachings of Jesus Christ and those of the apostles, we would think that Holiness is optional for us, that it is okay with the Lord if we slip and slide, slip and slide and play with sin so long as we have his blood to cover us. 
and many keep saying they love Jesus. These are they who say daily they love Jesus, they are born again, even while they wake up and go to bed in their willful sins. Beloved, listen. How can you say you love Jesus but are in habitual sin? Somebody please make that make sense to me because it does not. And what is so disturbing and downright despicable is when you have professing men and women of God telling the brethren that they can stay in disobedience, disregarding the teachings of Jesus and still make it to heaven because of his shed blood. And because God's grace is so amazing that you can't out his amazing grace. All the while, though. Okay? And this is the part that I pray, please, Holy Spirit, let today be the day. We know God's grace was given to us for free. Salvation is a free gift. There's nothing we did to earn it. There's nothing we could have done to earn it. It is only through God's mercy. His mercy. That he extended this wonderful free gift called grace. By which we may receive salvation. Glory be to God. But what we can't do is take that as a license, as a means that we can live. I know I sound like a broken record, but you need to hear this. As if we can, in fact, Live however we want. And not only that, but we tell others they too can live however, however they want. Because we are now under grace. Oh, beloved. Uh-uh. We know that blood is precious. We know God's grace is amazing. Of the which we don't abuse it. What part of how much pride do you have to have to tell God by your lifestyle that although Christ died and suffered for you, you are still going to live however you want. You are going to distort and mangle the scriptures so that you can... Be comfortable in your sin. And then you tell others the same thing. You live under grace. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, beloved, listen. Just like 
Just like Paul said over there in Romans 1.32, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Amen. Yeah, they do. So, let me state this biblical truth, okay? Hebrews 10:37. For yet in a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Amen. You better know it. Because Jesus says that when he returns, he is going to give every single person a reward. His reward will be with him. And he will give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, yes, and amen. Yes, he will. And so that tells this little pea brain, this is so not the hour to be, yes, Holy Spirit, to be heaping upon ourselves teachers so that we can get these itching ears tickled by high-sounding nonsense that we can, in fact, disobey God and still make it out of here in one piece. And so that he will say to us, well done, faithful, good servant. No, he's not saying that to the one who lived their quote unquote born again life in disobedience. He's not saying that to you. I know. You never want to hear this. I know it's legalism. I know I'm snatching people's salvation um, away from them. I'm telling them God's grace doesn't apply. Like, stop. Mm -mm. See, this is why I need my hot tea. Because it seems like I'm always yelling. But I'm yelling because... The Holy Spirit wants those who are sleeping to wake up. Where's my bell? Wake yourselves up. Christ Jesus is on his way back in flaming fire, taking vengeance. That alone should wake you up. So... Where do I want to go? Oh, yeah. Romans 8. Listen, okay? Because I know some also say, well, you know what? We are still in bondage to sin. Says who? Who taught you that coming to Christ, that in Christ, we are still held in bondage to sin. Who told you that? Uh, Romans 8. Okay. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them 
which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. He sent his own son <clears throat> in in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son. Amen. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness and our sinful nature, but live, listen, but live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. Amen. Verse 5. Yep. Verse 5. Romans 8. For those who are living according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. His will and purpose. Now, the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. Because you see, beloved, that's the problem. Your mind is still on the flesh, and the flesh, without the Holy Spirit, will always pursue sin. So, this is where meditation and pondering of the mind comes into play. Because the scripture is saying that if your mind is on the flesh, worldliness, godlessness, if your, if your mind is still on lustful, immorality, ungodliness, all of that filth. What it says here? You are not living according to the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God resides in you. Because, again, think about some stuff that's going on with you. If you are in willful sin and correction comes your way that you must repent and turn and stop the madness and you say, well, Jesus knows my heart. The blood of Jesus got me covered. 
by his grace. Listen, grace is a free gift. It is, though. But that doesn't give us a license to stay in sin because the Holy Spirit came so that we can be cleansed from all unrighteousness, setting us apart from this wicked world and its superficial values. No longer do we run after the things of the pagans in the world who do not know God. So, if we are justifying sin, making excuses for it, and you are not heeding to correction, you may need to examine where you are in the faith. Are you even born again? Or have you been falsely converted? Or should I, should I, should I say it like this? Have you sincerely repented? Has your mind changed? Are you being renewed in your minds that no longer do we think sin is the big time fun? Are you getting to know the Father more and more and therefore you will start to sin less and less? That's sanctification. But if you are still sinning, then this sanctification process is going to be extremely hard for you. You keep it up. The Lord is going to turn you over to be a reprobate. So now listen. Where were we? Romans 8. Let's pick it back up in verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. Verse 7, the mind of the flesh, with its sinful pursuits, is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. Amen. So, beloved, you cannot say that you are living a life to please God, but you are still living in the flesh, living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses. Yes, I'm still rocked by the fact that a confessing brother in Christ is saying that the reason why He's still in his, as he says, as I call it. No, not as I call it. What Jesus calls it. An adulterous remarriage. Well, if he must come out of that. 
what what is he to do about lust? I'm 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 still rocked because you mean to tell me all these years in Christ you haven't learned what to do about lust yet? Or are you denying what you have read? Because that flesh is speaking louder than obeying Christ. And for that, you have a problem. Just like I had a problem. I was facing certain damnation claiming Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Yeah, I was in big time trouble. So listen, verse 9, Romans 8, however, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, but in the spirit. If in fact, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and is not a child of God. See, beloved, it's not me. I am not condemning you. It is thus saith the Lord. The word of God makes it plain to us. No one is pointing fingers, namely because by the grace of God, I got the beam, the plank out of my eye. So I'm going for the speck in my brother's eye so that we don't perish. Listen, verse 10, if Christ lives in you, though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. Amen. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Amen. I'm going to take us to verse 12 and 13 and 14. Listen, so then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, our sinful capacity. No, we have an obligation to live according to... No, no, no. We do not. We do not have an obligation to the flesh. No, we don't. To live according to the impulses of the flesh, which is what... Our nature without Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. Amen. See, beloved, I'm only regurgitating what the scripture is telling us. That if we stay in sin, claiming the name, we will perish. We will perish. 
For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power, thank you, Lord, of the Holy Spirit, that means you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, you will really live forever. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit. So you want to know how, if in fact, the Holy Spirit is in you, you are daily. Let me get it right. You are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. Are you doing that as a lifestyle? Are you doing this habitually, putting to death lust, homosexuality, fornication, adultery? Are you putting these things to death? Are you killing the flesh? My brother, my sister, are you killing the flesh? Are you still slandering? Are you still lying? Are you still stealing? Or when those impulses comes up, you kill it. You say, <clears throat> you say to it, no, I'm born again. I'm not doing that. Are you doing that habitually? That means all the time a temptation comes up. Are you hunkering down and submitting yourself to God? Are you even resisting? Because see, that's a whole nother lesson. Are you even resisting the temptation when it comes? Or are you like, well, you know, I still live in this flesh body. Oh, well. No, oh, well, nothing. Kill it. That's what you are to do about lust. Kill it. That's what you are to do about lying and being rebellious. Kill it. Because, see, that's evidence that Holy Spirit is sanctifying you, making you holy step by step. Amen. So, we are, okay, settle down. We are called to live a new, a new way. A new and living way we are called now that we are spirit-filled. We are to no longer live like we once lived before. Hebrews 10 Starting in verse 19 says, Therefore, believers, since we have confidence and full freedom to enter the holy place, the place where God dwells by means of the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way which he initiated and opened for us through the veil, as in the holy of holies, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great and wonderful priest. Who rules over the house of God. Let us approach God. With a true and sincere heart. 
in unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word amen verse 24 and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Amen. 4 verse 26 and this is the part that those who believe in the false doctrine of one saved always saved i don't know they seem to avoid this right here for if we meaning believers go on on willfully and deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth. See, the writer or writers is talking about born again believers in Christ. Not false converts. None of that. These are they who have received Holy Spirit. And yet they willfully keep on sinning as a lifestyle. Believing that all they had to do was to believe in Jesus. All they had to do was to confess him as Lord. And then everything else after that is a free ride to heaven. You don't have to do anything else. Beloved, I know I will be repeating this in a few minutes, but I'm going to say it now. We're talking about post-salvation here. We're not talking about earning salvation. We're talking about maintaining the free gift now that we got it. So you mean to tell me this wonderful gift that cost Jesus his life. That we can just stick it in the drawer. Go on about our business. Carry on as business as usual. And still make it to heaven. Meanwhile, I'm not coming out of adultery. I'm not coming out of homosexuality. I'm not coming out of slander. I'm not coming out of none of the 17 works of the flesh. I have eternal security. Oh, you do, do you? Uh-huh. And guess what? Many were called out of their body suits within the past 24 hours, harping that same doctrine of devils, only to end up in a burning hell, being tormented in these flames as they await the final judgment, the great white throne judgment. Beloved, 
You cannot play with your salvation. Just because the flesh wants to act up. We just read, kill it. Kill it. Nothing, no one is worth you spending eternity tormenting in the lake of fire. Nothing. So, if we go on willfully and deliberately uh, deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, well, there, there no longer remains a sacrifice to atone for our sins. That is no further offering to anticipate, but a kind of awful and terrifying expectation of divine judgment and the fury, the, the fury of a fire and burning wrath, which will consume the adversaries, those who put themselves in opposition to God. Amen. So our expectation, if we deliberately go on sinning, is not the kingdom of God, beloved. Oh, no. Our expectation is fiery judgment. That's what we can expect, that after receiving the knowledge of the truth, and you go on deliberately sinning, not that you missed the mark. Listen, no one is saying that God is going to send you to hell when, when you sin one time, two times. No, the Bible is talking about repeating habitual, perpetual, ongoing practicing sin that's what we're talking about we're not talking about when you miss the mark and you sincerely repent we're not talking about that we you know what i'm talking about we're talking about those who know they are living filthy just Filthy and wicked as all get out. And you still think you're going to heaven? You better be over here reading these scriptures. Okay? Because the bishop has lied to many of us. So. Yeah, that, that's what we can expect. Listen. Verse 28, Hebrews 10. Anyone who has ignored and set aside the law of Moses is put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much greater punishment? Uh-huh. How much greater punishment do you think he will deserve who has rejected and trampled underfoot? the Son of God, and has considered unclean and common the blood of the covenant that sanctified him. See, this is a born-again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ who was washed clean in his blood, but yet, but yet they, they trample underfoot Jesus and they consider unclean and common the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and not only that if you thought that was bad enough but has insulted the spirit of grace who imparts 
the unmerited favor and blessing of God. For we know him who said, listen, vengeance is mine, retribution and the deliverance of justice rest with me. I will repay the wrongdoer. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is, verse 31, a fearful and terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God, incurring his judgment and wrath. Amen. So keep playing. Keep playing. Beloved, listen, we are not here to make light of sin brothers and sisters who are playing with sin now that you are born again the blood of jesus can't save you if you trample over it if you trample jesus christ under your feet if you make light of that precious sinless perfect blood that was shed on our behalf and just treat it as common you ain't gonna make it you're gonna perish so what made us even think that it would it would what the blood of Jesus that we can stay in sin being completely disobedient not missing the mark but I'm talking about living in it rolling around in it and you still think that the blood of Jesus is going to cover that rebellious reckless obstinate behavior anyway because if that's the case, then Christ did not even have to come to die a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent death on our behalf if we are still in bondage to sin. And not only that, but that we could not only be held, held in bondage, but still commit sin and still get to go to heaven. You are out of your living mind. I don't care what you got to say. We who are born again must listen, follow, and obey Jesus point blank. And you better put a period on it. Listen. Okay. Let me calm down. So, like I was saying, what made us even think that the blood of Jesus will still cover reckless sin? Hmm? What, what made us think that if we stay in a habitual practicing rebelliousness, refusing to abide in Jesus, refusing to obey his commandments... That the blood of Jesus will cover us, but we keep trampling it underfoot. Just grieving Holy Spirit with our nasty, reckless, mean, wicked behavior claiming the name. Beloved, 
What has Holy Spirit been teaching us these few weeks? Believing in Jesus means obeying Jesus. That's what he's been teaching us these few weeks. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because many are saying that it doesn't matter. Listen, listen to their logic as demented and twisted as it is. Many are saying that it doesn't matter how we live in Christ because we have his blood and his grace to cover, which we do wish to cover our sins. Again, again, we do have his precious blood, but the problem, beloved, is that they are teaching and promoting that you can disobey God and still live, a.k.a. have eternal life anyway. Yeah, that part. Anyway. Some, and what I mean by some is a lot. They are promoting on public platforms, no less, that you can keep right on sinning, keep on disobeying Jesus, keep on grieving Holy Spirit, keep on denying the holiness and sovereignty of God, Keep on ignoring the holy scriptures concerning righteous and holy living and still make it into the kingdom. And when we say that once saved, always saved, a.k.a. quote unquote eternal security is a doctrine of devils because this is what this madness truly is. They say we preach legalism, that, that somehow obedience to Christ is legalism. Are you kidding me? And this is what Paul warns us about in Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception pseudo-intellectual babble. Yeah, beloved, that means high-sounding nonsense. According to the, tra according to the tradition, mm, tradition and musing of mere men. Beloved, <clears throat> it is raining cats and dogs right now. A huge thunderclap just clapped. So... That's why I had to take a little scramble of a pause there. But listen, okay. Where was I? See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Pseudo-intellectual babble. According to the tradition and musings of mere men following the elementary principles of this world rather than following the truth the teachings of christ amen yeah beloved we can't listen we must test every spirit because these people may sound like 
they know exactly what they are talking about. And if you are not learned for yourselves in these scriptures, you would go right on along with the, how you say, pseudo-intellectual babble. A.K.A. high-sounding nonsense. That we can disobey God, live however we want, just because we made a, a, an open confession in front of millions. <laughs> that we will still get to go to heaven. Living in reckless sin. I'm, I'm talking about habitual practicing sin. No. No, because... You mean to tell me, okay? Because, see, I must keep asking this rhetorical question. Holy Spirit already told me the answer. The answer is absolutely not, but I must ask it again. You mean to tell me that I can, in fact, live according to my flesh, according to false doctrine, and still have eternal life? So, what you're telling me is that Jesus was not talking to us, his modern-day disciples, his disciplined ones, when he showed us the pattern of forgiveness and then walk in obedience henceforth in John 8, 11, Huh? Is that what you are trying to tell me? Well, yeah, Cynthia. You can't be telling folk that the blood of Jesus doesn't wash away sin. You can't be telling people that grace is done away with because otherwise you're trying to put people back up under the law with do's and don'ts. Jesus has set us free. We're under grace now. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. I know all of that. First of all, no one is teaching that the blood of Jesus doesn't wash away sin. No one is teaching that grace is done away with. No one is putting anybody under the law. Namely, because the law was not given to the Gentiles, but to Israel and to them only. So, we ain't got no business at all messing around in the old covenant laws. We ain't got no business over there no ways. So now, no one is teaching legalism. That you must adhere <clears throat> that you must adhere to the six hundred and thirteen laws of Moses in order to earn and keep salvation and please God with these works of the law. Beloved, listen, these are they who keep skipping right over the part in the teaching that now that we are born again, spirit-filled, and supposedly led, we are to live holy and righteous lives post-post-salvation. And we, as brothers and sisters, teach and preach on repentance 
holiness and righteousness now that we see the day of Christ's return soon approaching. We are encouraging you all and ourselves not to go back to sin and to come out of habitual sin. We exhort not to go back to our former wicked lifestyles that were against God. It's not legalism to tell someone to repent and stop sinning. Otherwise, you're gonna perish. Because the acid test is found in John 8, 12. If you belong to Jesus or not, because Jesus says over there, I am, thank you, Holy Spirit. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. So then. Why are you walking in darkness? Hmm? See, this is where self-examination and studying of the scriptures comes into play. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, just finished telling us that those who follow him do not walk in the darkness. Why? Because we got him. If you truly have the real Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, you will not walk in darkness. It's not possible. Not possible to be blind. It's not it's not possible that we can go on sinning, practicing lawlessness if the real Jesus Christ has revealed himself to you. Is Listen, bring this mic up closer just in case you didn't hear me. It's not possible to live a life that is characterized by sin if Christ Jesus lives, if he truly lives on the inside of you. And if you are living a life that is characterized by sin, well, the Bible says you do not know God. You are not. You are not a child of the living God. But in fact, you are a child of the devil because you do not practice righteousness. And those, John tells us in 1 John 3, those who do not practice righteousness is of the devil. You don't know God, you don't love Jesus, and you are in fact of the devil. We talking about those who practice lawlessness, sin, wicked behavior, iniquity, workers of evil. Do not have Jesus living on the inside of them. Not if you are living like that. You are deceived 
and you are living in self-delusion that you can't continue. My hand is raised. I was there. That you can't continue to live in habitual sin, believing that you have eternal security because the elderly pastor, the, the prophet and prophetess, and the bishop and the false teacher keeps telling you, no matter how you live, you will still see Jesus in heaven and spend eternity with him. That's a lie, beloved. We must live clean and holy now that we are born again and the proof that Holy Spirit is <clears throat> sanctifying us. We put to death daily, habitually, the works of the flesh. We kill it. So, because you see, Paul addressed this, this same madness about how we can claim Jesus as Lord and Savior and um, take his grace as a license to sin as we continue to roll around in the vomit. So, over here in Romans 6, starting in verses 1 through 17, Paul asked a profound question. What shall we say to all of this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we have verse 4 we have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, well, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. Amen. See, beloved. So you mean to tell me that Paul is, is uh, uh, preaching and teaching legalism here? When he is telling us to abandon our old wicked ways. That's no different than what I'm doing and what many who have been called. This is what they are doing too. Just simply telling you, exhorting you, warning you to abandon. How he says it. Let, let, let me get it right where he says it at abandoning our old ways we are exhorting you that the bible is telling us we who are spirit filled we now now walk in the newness 
of the new birth. You, thank you, Holy Spirit. You have been born again, renewed, transformed, born, reborn of the Spirit of the living God. This is a miracle. Do you not know that the prophets of old, they were seeking a time in which the Holy Spirit was telling them about this future grace. But he was telling them, it's not for you now. They wanted to know, what is this salvation? What is this? Even the angels longed to look into such things. What is this grace? What is this about? You mean to tell me that I don't have to work for my salvation? I don't have to try to keep all of these laws to be justified? What? What is this? They've never heard of a concept. But over here in the 21st century, hmm, we just take that just so lightly. We are flippant about grace. And don't let these once savers, always savers fool you to think that that, that they are serious and compassionate about grace. They ain't serious about it. Because if they were serious about it, then they would stop slandering, sleeping around. They would not be living a life of adultery and homosexuality, idolatry, debauchery, lasciviousness. None of it if they were truly serious about grace. Because grace teaches us Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace and He teaches us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Teaches us to reject all ungodliness, all worldly, immoral, lustful, pagan, hedonistic desires. Yes, He does. Oh, yes, He does. That's why we are warned and exhorted not to grieve him by, by continuing to walk in disobedience. God has been chastening you. He has been disciplining you. He's been sending prophet after prophet, messenger after messenger to, to warn you that if you don't stop it, and if you don't turn around, if you don't repent and go back to God, you will perish. Yes, beloved. So, do I want to finish it out? Yes, I do. Okay, verse 5. For, where are we at? Romans 8, mm-hmm, verse 5. For if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with him. In order that our body of sin, this this flesh man, that 
all fallen nature. It was nailed to the cross. Was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been, has been freed from the power of sin. Amen. And that's probably the number one problem that is going on with many who keeps claiming God's grace. But they are still the most nastiest, wicked, debauched person claiming Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That body of sin had, was not done away with. It was not crucified with Christ. You have a problem that only you and Jesus can settle. Now, verse 8. If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live together with him. Because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For the death, now please hear this, okay? Romans 8, 10. If you don't walk away with no other scripture today, please Walk away with Romans 8.10. For the death that he died. He died to sin. Ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, listen, if verse 10 of Romans 8 was the only verse that you walk away with today, make sure you also walk away with verse 11. Mm -hmm. 10, and, 10 and 11. Verse 11. Even so, even so what? How Christ lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm sorry. I've been saying, oh, forgive me, Lord Jesus. I've been saying Romans 8. This is Romans 6. Because, you know what? As I'm reading it and I'm like, you know what? This is sounding a whole lot like Romans 6. And something just told me just to scroll back up here. Listen, beloved. I have been giving you all Romans 6, not Romans 8. Verses 1 through 17. I kept saying Romans 8, Romans 8. It's not Romans 8. It's Romans 6. And, see, some of you had caught that. See, some of you 
were, were, were probably screaming at your phone like, Cynthia, no, that's not Romans 8. That's Romans 6. Yeah. Students of the word of God. So now listen. But that's not to condemn those who thought we were reading out of Romans 8. This just goes to show you that you must study this word for yourselves too. So, Romans 6, 11. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your, relation, and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Verse 12. I'm going to leave it at verse 12 and y'all can take it to verse 17. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Amen. So now that we got that <clears throat> squared away, in closing, beloved, listen. If you are a slanderer, stop slandering. If you are a, if you are a liar, stop lying. If you are a thief, quit stealing. If you are a fornicator, stop fornicating. If you are if you are an adulterer, stop cheating on your spouse and come up out of these adulterous remarriages when you have a living covenant spouse. If you are living a life of homosexuality, lasciviousness, idolatry, debauchery, being a debased, rolling around in iniquitous, riotous, wicked behavior and lifestyles. Come out of it before you are judged, child of God. Okay. We know. We know works of the law has nothing to do with salvation. And that's true for the gift of grace. Only the Lord Jesus Christ opened the door to eternal salvation. No human could ever open that door, period. It was a sacrificial gift. However, that gift came with conditions the moment we walked through the door. Those conditions require the keeping of the law of Christ, which is what? To love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your believing brother, your neighbor, as you love yourselves. Because... Jesus says, keeping those two commandments hang all of the law and the writings of the prophets. Because if we are loving God with everything within us, there, there will be no room for habitual practice in sin. There will be no room to trample what Jesus has done for us underfoot, there will be no need to make light of the blood 
that was shed so we don't face God's wrath. We won't do it, beloved. So, all this talk about legalism is a smokescreen to justify and excuse wicked, wrong behavior. It's a means to get false doctrine across to the unlearned who refuses to pick up their Bibles for themselves and study to show oneself approved. When we, according to the testimony of the Holy Scriptures, talk about works, and deeds producing fruit in keeping with our repentance. We're talking about works of righteousness and obedience that one must produce, produce otherwise, otherwise, because Jesus said in John 15, okay, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. So that it will bear more fruit. Even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean. Verse 3, John 15. Because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have given you, which I have discussed with you, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit. Producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Amen. For otherwise, apart from me, that is Cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, listen to verse 6. He is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they, they who, the reapers, those angels, they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you listen to the condition of our salvation, because again, beloved, I can't understand it for the life of me. Why? Those who claim eternal security do not come over here. They keep saying that there's nothing you can do to, to lose, whether it be union with Christ, salvation, eternal life. You can't lose nothing. But Christ is saying, if you remain in me, 
if that means there's a possibility that some will not. That's why he's giving the warning so that we are not shell-shocked on Judgment Day why our names have not been found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Beloved, this ain't rocket science. It's only complicated and illogical to the one who wants to have their cake and eat it too. They don't want to go to hell, but they want the world. No, beloved. Listen, no one is trying to snatch away your eternal life with Jesus. But we got to make sure we are still in right standing. That's why the apostles went out of their way to make it clear by Holy Spirit that we must remain faithful to Jesus Christ all the way until you draw your last breath or he cracks open up that firmament and takes us out of here. So in the meantime, in the between time, we must live holy. We must remain abiding in Jesus. Look at what he says over here. Let, let me get it right this time. I don't want to give you the wrong scripture again. John 15, right? Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if. If we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Listen, my father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves. See, them once savers, always savers. They will pitch a fit. If you even talk about that you must prove yourself worthy of salvation. Oh, they will have a conniption. Because they want their cake and eat it too. They want their sin and Jesus too. But Jesus is saying that my father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. Amen. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. See, verse 9, Jesus is telling us what to do. He's telling us, don't, he's saying, don't leave me. Because on your own, you can't do anything. You will become, you, you break yourself off from me, the vine. You will become a withered, broken off branch. Useless, worthless, only for my angels to gather all of y'all. All of you broken off, disobedient, rebellious branches. 
to be thrown into the fire. Jesus is talking about throwing those into the fire who knew him, who at one time were remaining in vital union with them, but they broke themselves off. He is going out of his way to warn us, don't leave me. Don't abandon me. Don't go back to your old ways. Stay right here with me. Because if you stay with me, then I got you. And those who stay with Jesus, they follow, listen, and obey Jesus. Them are the ones he said he will give eternal life to. John 10, 28. These are they who will have eternal life. It's not that hard, beloved. Mm -mm. So, back over here. John, let me double check. John 15. Where we at? Verse 9. I have told you. No, I have loved you. Just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Amen. See, beloved, if anyone does not remain in Jesus, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies and they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. These are the words. These are the words of the one, the one true living God who gave up his life for us so we don't face certain damnation therefore we cannot play around and make light of what he has done for us the blood of jesus can't save you if you trample over it if you just walk all over the cross you ain't got even the god-given compassion to understand that we were sinners on our way straight to a burning hell. But God intervened by sending humanity a savior. Whom, by the way, by and large rejected Jesus. But those who put their faith in Christ shall not perish. He sent us Holy Spirit to help us, train us, 
in holiness and righteousness. We need training. Having spent our whole lives in sin, we now need to be taught how to live holy. And he's telling us how to go about it. But because you are not rooted deeply in Christ, things will tickle your ear that you can have a slice of heaven and the world too. No, beloved. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. No. And no. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for making your word plain to us. We who are filled with your Holy Spirit, we get it. We are getting this. We are now understanding about sanctification. It is needed. Without holiness, no one shall see you, Father. You made that clear. We must be prepared to meet God. If we are not prepared, that's why Jesus says, oh, he says so much. He says that on the day that he judges, that many who say, Lord, Lord, they would they will claim all these works they have done in his name but they lived wickedly he called them workers of iniquity depart from me i never knew you he's saying i never had an intimate relationship with you because you abandoned me you left me i sent messenger after messenger but you mocked my prophets you mocked my handmaidens and my sons who who came with my message in their hearts repent and believe for the kingdom of god is at hand and you said that's legalism you don't even know what legalism is. Anytime someone says, don't do something, oh, now you have a problem with God. But the moment Jesus starts talking about eternal life, blessings, now everybody wants to get on the bandwagon. What God are you serving? Because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says, repent or you too shall likewise problem. I mean, you, you too will likewise perish. And people have a problem with that. Any Father, anything about obedience to these individuals, they will claim that we are putting people under the law with rules and regulations. Little do they know they need to be regulated. They need to be disciplined. They need to be chastened. And Father, how do I know this? My hand is raised. Thank you for bringing me back from the brink of certain damnation. I was running rogue. If I ever was born again, I don't even know. But what I do know, Father, 
Your grace is merciful. You are merciful. I do not ever want to take your grace for granted ever again as long as I live and forever more. This is why you are sending me to bring your light back to you. To wake up those who are in fact born again. But they are still... They have gotten themselves. This, this is what happened, Father, because 2 Peter 2 tells us they have gotten themselves enslaved and tangled up in sin all over again. And if they don't repent and come back to you, the scripture says in, in 2, Timothy, 2 Peter 2 that it would be better if they had never known the way of righteousness than to have known it, but to reject the commands that were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of the proverb that a dog returns back to its vomit. And a washed pig goes back to the mud. Father, may that not be counted among us. May we hollow your name. May we walk in, in reverence and fear of the Lord. We know you love us. And you also commands us to walk in obedience. To the, to, to the glory of your name, producing good fruit so that we may be pruned, cut, so that we can produce even greater, finer fruit to bring you glory and to prove ourselves to be worthy of Christ's discipleship. Glory be to your name, Father. I love you. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood was shed to wash away the filth that we called life. Thank you. Thank you for your atoning sacrifice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen, amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. Well, there we have that. Another one in the can. Listen, if you are living According to the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh -huh, you are habitually putting to death 
the sinful deeds of the body, you will live forever. Amen. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Amen. By which we cry out, Abba, Father. Study Romans 8, 13 to 15. And Lord willing, until next time, repent, stop sinning, and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul was talking to believers at the church of Corinth when he said that. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye